and we need to stop trying to fit and start embracing belonging because the big difference is if we need to cut our wings or not. And I don't think that we need to cut our wings to feel accepted or, or be loved. Uh, we need to be ourselves and we need to start accepting ourselves. What is the 3G cycle of life? And how can goals, grit, and growth catapult us into a brighter future and a more satisfying life? Let's talk about it with physician and author Miriam Zoberglate Lisagurski, also known as Dr. Z, right here on episode 427 of The Nurse Keith Show. Hey there, this is Nurse Keith. This podcast is about you, your personal professional development, your healthcare career, and the healthcare system in the big picture. And I'm always here to share education ideas, diatribes, and informative interviews with some of the most inspiring people from the worlds of healthcare, medicine, nursing, entrepreneurship, and beyond. I love having you along for the ride, and I thank you from the bottom of my nurse podcaster's heart for being part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. And if you'd like to help other people find the show, leaving a rating and review on Apple or Google or Amazon or Spotify really does me a solid. It helps other people find the show and you can find us on any app you could possibly imagine. So wherever you happen to listen to podcasts, that's where the Nurse Keith Show is. You can also become a patron at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Nurse Keith. Even $2 a month is super, super helpful to help keep the show going and help us grow. I appreciate you all so much. Thanks for being here. The show notes are at nursekeith.com in the drop down menu for podcasts, or honestly, on any app where you happen to be listening, you'll find all the links and descriptions that you need to enjoy a little deeper dive into the show and into the life and work of Dr. Z. So Dr. Z, we're here today to talk about your work, your life's work, what you're super, super passionate about. And your book is wonderful. I've been reading it on my Kindle. So thank you for sending it to me. Thank and you. the 3G cycle of life. And I did give a hint in the intro about what the 3G cycle of life. So tell us a little bit about it, how you came up with it, and why these three particular concepts or ways of being are so important to you. First of all, thank you so much for having me and hi to everyone. Um, so during COVID, uh, as many others, I was going through a lot of stress and, and I was questioning myself if I will be able to be as resilient as I usually was uh, in the past and, and, and trying to find out how I will do it this time. I uh, Since I have been a girl, um, I have been called as the resilient person, right? I bounce back and again and again in a very easy way. Uh, and, and many times, even without knowing that I was doing it, but uh, good luck was not enough this time. I really need to have an strategy and, and to uh, have a, a solid plan, not only to help myself and my family, but also my, my medical students, residents, and, and my patients, my staff. So 
part of creating this uh, concept of the 3G cycle actually came from the from me understanding how do I do it, how 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 I will survive COVID, how I will survive all this stress, and how I will get uh, from this uh, in a one piece, and how I will help others. So I was trying to think about how how I did it in the past and and why I was able always to come back and come back. And part of this kind of introspective journey of trying to analyze my my behaviors uh, took me to the point that um, I really don't live my life in a linear way. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I don't see my life linear like we are supposed to. I see my life like a video game. Where you go level after level, uh, trying your best, learning new tricks, collecting coins and powers and crystals, right? And if you fail the first time uh, to cross the first level, uh, you have two, three other options, right? And you can even ask for help and then try again. And instead of for me having levels in a video game, what I have in my life are cycles, one cycle after the other. Uh, and when I close a cycle, I'm able to jump into the next one, uh, knowing better, being uh, stronger, wiser. So I was trying to think, okay, and, and how my, my cycles look like. And in medicine and science, right, we know that cycles are almost the same. They repeat. If we go back to how do we produce energy, the cycle of Krebs, right, or mm -hmm. at night, or our thyroid, right? We, we, we function in cycles, uh, and the cycle has almost the same parameters or the same uh, concepts that are repeated again and again. And I was asking, okay, how, how my cycle of life looks? And for me, everything starts with a goal. And that's mm. really the reason for the initial G, right? As goals. So uh, if I don't set a goal, a clear goal, and, and that goal could be something that is forced by society, like you have to finish a school, or in some even cultures, you have to get married or have kids at this age, mm -hmm. uh, or a dream, right? I want to write a book. I want to go to Italy, whatever my dream could be. If I don't set that clearly, uh, and even with deadlines, it's very hard that I will start one of my cycles or I will have, you know, be in this level of the game. How do I keep going depends on my second jit that is grit. I need that emotion, motivation, persistent energy, fuel <laughs> mm -hmm. that keeps me moving no matter what. And sometimes that energy comes just from me, but sometimes, and this is something that I identify, especially during COVID, is it comes from others too, because your friends, your family, your cheerleaders, right? Your mentors are there when you feel like, okay, maybe I cannot do this. No, no, you can, you can. And, mm -hmm. and that's my second G, great. And at the end, you should think that, okay, you, you close the cycle achieving your goal, but the truth is that not always we will achieve our goals. Many times, or we change our mind, and the red car or red Ferrari that we wanted at 18 is not, necessarily when you have four kids at home and you really what you need is a van <laughs> right mm -hmm. uh, or you just change your values or your preferences or you find out that 
you were not good for it, that you try, you try, you try, and, and this was not your way to go, and, and that you have or you need a plan B or plan C. Uh, no matter what happens in life, if you achieve your goal, if you don't achieve it because you change your mind or you don't achieve it because maybe this was not for you, there's something that you will get, but only if you want, you will grow. You will learn from the experience. You will learn from the ups and the downs. You will learn from those that were around. You will learn from your pain <laughs> and your smile. And again, that happens only if we accept that and if we embrace that. Last but not least, if you do not accept that, if you don't learn, if you don't grow, if you enter in this cycle of going around trying to chase your own tail, even when you know that it's not possible to achieve that goal, what will happen is frustration, anxiety, depression, burnout, mm -hmm. and sadly, at the end, probably even suicide, mm -hmm. uh, which is something that for sure we want to avoid. So that's how my 3G cycle was created. And that's how I truly, I live my life. And I, I try to embrace it, especially the aspect of growth don't get trapped in the in the little things of life but ask myself what can i learn from this that's really fantastic encapsulation from what i've been reading this past week or so and thank you sure and it's very telling first of all that you have a seven-year-old boy in the house because you used a metaphor of a video game and collecting <laughs> coins and getting to the next level. So I liked that. And I bet the seven-year-old boy would prefer that you had a red Ferrari, just saying. I, so, I'm sure. I'm sure he will like the red Ferrari more than I'm the sure, white one. <laughs> I'm sure he would love that. Now, you're not just talking from your overstuffed armchair in your library at home. I mean, you're you're a triple board certified physician, internal medicine, obesity medicine, geriatrics. <laughs> like you said, you you teach residents, you see patients. So you're not talking from a place of um, theory. I mean, and <laughs> you're a mom, you have children, you're a wife. I mean, you live a as complicated a life as any of us do. And yes. <laughs> you just lived through a pandemic like all of us did. And that involved your home life and your work life. So of course, you're coming from a place of knowing, not just theorizing. And you you mentioned, you know, goals and grit and growth. And I think most of us can relate to those three things. And when you and I spoke of not that long ago, we talked about resilience and that's a big piece of this. Now, are growth and resilience related? And are there things about them that we should realize in terms of, you know, making sure we move forward in life and catalyzing growth in our lives? What, where does resilience come into this picture? So it's a very good question. And uh, to be sincere, I thought that resilience was the gold standard, <laughs> uh, like many do. Uh, the truth is that res resilience is our ability to go back to our baseline, 
So if you think about a moment of stress in our life and could be as traumatic as COVID um, uh, and, and could be as simple as, uh, and, and simple is relative, right? But changing a job, uh, coming from another country, getting married, getting divorced, right? Because changes in, in general could be traumatic even if they are for good. Uh, and of course, a, a diagnosis of cancer or so many other things. Uh, so any traumatic or a stressful uh, moment in your life will cause us normally to have a reaction uh, that will be very similar to grief and, and nothing wrong about that. That's a natural response. Uh, and then we can stay in that area where we really are surviving life, right? That we have some kind of post-traumatic distress or depression or anxiety related to a prolonged grief, we can go back to our baseline that will be the equivalent to resilience, which means that, for example, in the case of COVID, we went through two years or more of a lot of trauma, things that were absolutely new for us, uh, adaptation, loss, and et cetera. And two years later, we are very similar of to who we were two years before, or we can use those experiences, good or bad, or, you know, and use them in our favor, in a way that we learn something, that we develop new skills, and therefore we grow. And that's the difference between resilience and the concept of post-traumatic growth. Post-traumatic growth is the next level. Some people will call it to drive, right? And um, in that case, this concept of post-traumatic growth comes from the positive psychology, which is this new, relatively new brand, modern brand of psychology that focus more in the opportunities instead of into focusing in the gaps uh, and opens really an, 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 a, a big area for us to of development, right? As human beings, as professionals, uh, and an opportunity of seeing adversity as, as something that could be used in our favor, not necessarily against us. Mm. And when it comes to post-traumatic growth and, you know, we've all heard about post-traumatic stress, right? Um, yes. There's lots and lots written and there's a lot of research, but post-traumatic growth, I, I've been hearing more and more about it over the last, I don't know, five years or so. And mm -hmm. um, I guess what you're saying is it came out of positive psychology and Tedeschi was one of those um, individuals who've worked in that area. And you mentioned, I think it's him in the book. And he yeah. talks about these five areas of personal strength, mm -hmm. new, new possibilities, improved relationships, spiritual growth, and appreciation for life. So if anything points to this concept of positive psychology, those five kind of hit the nail on the head. Yeah. So how did how did it feel for you when you first encountered positive psychology and this notion of post-traumatic growth? Was this something you'd already been conceptualizing yourself or did it like hit you over the head? Like you just, it was a concept that just really captured you. How was that for you to kind of integrate that into your work and your life? So 
probably I was doing or applying in my life the concept of post-traumatic growth without even knowing that it existed. I didn't know the term. I didn't know the components or who created it until having a conversation with my sister, Judith Furman. She actually has a specialty in positive psychology, and we were having a conversation about burnout. And I was trying to explain to her that we need to build resilience so we can <laughs> go out of burnout, right? And she will tell me, no, you, what you need really is post-traumatic growth. And I was like, what is that? And that's actually how I learned that term. And, and, and as soon as I understood the concept and I internalized these five aspects, I, I, I was like, oh my gosh, a lot of this is happening on, on in my life. A lot of this is real. Uh, probably the only aspect that I don't feel connected or I have is still some kind of friction with is the spiritual aspect that uh, even in the book, I talk about my, my, my good reasons for <laughs> having conflicts in that area. Uh, but everything else I feel like is something that I use in my life. Uh, especially the, the support of, of family and friends. Uh, I truly believe that having support uh, and, and, and beyond support is inspiration even from others uh, has been a good reason for me to keep going uh, in my life. Yeah, it's wonderful that your sister is involved in something that has now become so intrinsic to, to your work. I think that's really lovely. And, you know, grit is one of your three of the three G cycles. And how do we, I mean, how would I ask this question? We all run across people who seem to have so much grit, like they are just courageous and they just, they tackle everything that comes along and certain people just seem less I don't know, less susceptible to stress and difficulty for some reason. And some of us might feel like, oh, I wish I had that. And, um, you know, maybe they were just born that way. And maybe I was just born this way. And that's just the way it is. <laughs> but I believe from reading your book and from other experiences that you can actually bring your grit higher your your grit quotient right kind of like yeah. you can raise your emotional quotient your i your eq. eq so what are the strategies that you've developed and you've shared with others about you know how do you up your grit game basically i feel like one of the most important aspects that comes actually before the grit is the setting of appropriate goals. Because if you don't have appropriate goals, it's very difficult to maintain grit because the level of frustration when you are in front of doors that will never be open uh, because it's impossible to open them, right? Because your expectations were unrealistic. Uh, that will kill any grit. There is not grit that will survive that. So coming with, Appropriate goals with realistic expectations will allow grit to be maintained. Uh, that's, for me, trick number one, right? Uh, 
Number two is what I was saying before, to have a network of people that will support your grid and to understand that grid is not an individualistic uh, concept that may need from the support of others and, and allies that will come at the right moment when you need them. Uh, so that is for me number two is how you how you feel or you know how do you feel the the the, the grid. Uh, and number three is to find a reason for that grid and and that grid needs to be enhanced by why you are doing this. And, and why you are doing this is your meaning and your purpose. And if you have meaning and purpose in life, that will help you to maintain that grid because even in, during the difficult times, you will know that, okay, you are doing this because of, you want to achieve this because of. So it's not just a, a red car, right? I understand that you you forget the grit of the red car, but you mm -hmm. want to save the life of someone. Uh, it's absolutely a different type of goal and a different type of meaning uh, behind that grit. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, the red car and your seven-year-old boy <laughs> notwithstanding, um, there's, yeah, we can learn to take experiences and apply them in ways that enhance our grit and enhance our our courage and our resilience right and yeah. unfortunately you and i talked prior about suicide and you mentioned suicide a few months ago when you and i spoke and yes. you told me there are 46,000 suicides per year in the United States, which makes sense to me because I've read these types of statistics before. And yes. a lot of people don't know, however, that we lose approximately one physician a day to suicide yeah. in the United States. It's somewhere around 400, which is more than one a day, but it's somewhere in that vicinity. And nurses too, though we have yes. more data on on doctors. Yes. So I'm assuming based on the fact that you're a triple board certified physician <laughs> and you teach residents and you watch the residents go through the stress of school, that that must be in the back of your mind a lot, isn't it? It wasn't before. I didn't know the same of many of those that are hearing us today, and they will be like surprised by these numbers. I, I was surprised too. Uh, I didn't know. And, and that's a big problem that as a community, healthcare workers, we don't know. We are not aware. And in general, the community, uh, they are not aware either. And I want to, I want to mention that from these 46,000, uh, individuals, 500 of them are kids between six and 10. Mm. And these are the ages of my two kids. My kids are seven and nine. So uh, I take it personal. I take it absolutely personal. Uh, this book is personal. This mission is personal. This topic is personal because the question is when you are the next. And what's the difference between any of us in the healthcare system or in, in the streets walking around, right? Uh, or any of our kids and someone else. 
And you can think that these numbers reflect what happened in individuals with a background uh, with a medical illness or a mental illness, but that's not necessarily the case. Uh, many of these physicians, and I, I apologize for not having more information about nurses. Sadly, there is not more information about nurses, not too much. Mm-hmm. But in regards of physicians, what um, is described is that those uh, physicians look normal, uh, what normal means, right? Normal is, um, and they don't have a background with red flags. They were acting like normal business that day or the day before. Nobody knew that they were suffering. So there was not even a way to say, okay, let's help them because there were not red flags. And, and these, um, Physicians are as young as residents or medical students, and of course, they are in the older side too. And 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 there are many that are women and with kids. And and for me, uh, that was kind of the last drop uh, during mm-hmm. my process, right? Of when I write a book or when I go to to advocate for this. Uh, when I heard that there was a lady physician around my age, younger than me, with three kids waiting at home. One of them just recently uh, burned. I, I, I just, I exploded. I was like, oh my goodness, uh, how is this happening? And how do we prevent it? I, how I prevent being the next one? Um, and we need to learn about this and we need to talk loud about this and we need to start um Avoiding being bystanders because this could be our student, our friend, our colleague, our own doctor, uh, or ourselves. Mm-hmm. So that that gives us a hint at what your mission is, what your purpose <laughs> is behind what you're doing. You're, I mean, you have children, so of course you're a fierce. Advocate mama bear for your children, right? Yes. You want them to have long, happy, healthy, you know, um, fulfilled lives, of course, growthful lives. And then you have all the, your patients and the residents and your colleagues, you want all of them to have those experiences too. So when we come back from the break, I'd love to hear you read a little bit from the book so we can just hear a little bit in your own voice. And I'd like to dig a little deeper into this notion of of success, how we measure success, and how we can apply some of this in our lives in in a desire for transformation and fulfillment. So hang in there with us. We'll be right back for episode 427 with Dr. Miriam Zoberglate Usagurski, also known as Dr. Z. We'll be <laughs> right back. And thanks for being with us. Welcome back to the second half of the episode. We're here again with friend of the pod and my new friend and colleague, Dr. Z, physician and author. And prior to the break, Miriam, we were discussing resilience, growth, grit, developing that grit and finding ways and strategies to become more resilient and set goals that help us have something to work towards. And 
you were talking about meaning and purpose in life. And I think that's so important to feeling like life is worthwhile. And when our colleagues or friends or loved ones take their lives and we didn't know that there was even anything going on underneath the surface there, we think about all the things, all the good they did in the world and why they would, why would they remove themselves from us? And I'd love to have you read a little bit from your book just so we can hear a little bit in your own words and in your voice and just share with us whatever you would like to read. So this is the last chapter actually of the book. Um, I shall start with the first one, but I believe that this this will give you a, a good idea of, of where I am right now. So the title is The Cycle is Almost Closed. For some time, I've been using this book as my cane to walk through difficult times and feel like I was in control. My book was a journey that started with a goal to escape burnout, but it's ending with a different result. It brought me back to myself, my family, my values, and my dreams. It made me feel like I belong for the first time. I have a meaningful purpose and I don't need to escape anymore. I learned to embrace my reality and all the catalysts surrounding me. I assume my role as an imperfect human who has feelings, needs, help, gets tired, and is afraid. And while assuming this, I permanently remove the superhero costume that was so heavy to use. Mm. Thank you. So I assume my role as an imperfect person. That really struck me right there. <laughs> and then you mentioned taking off the superhero. <laughs> taking off the superhero costume. Do you think is that? part of being a physician or do you think that happens to more than just physicians i believe that physicians and nurses healthcare workers we are um, educated in that way <laughs> when we go for training uh, that's part of our training however has been extended all over i see it even in my kids uh they need to be number one. Uh, they need to look like. They need to be high, you know, to, to get higher uh, scores and be a stronger and be the one that um, runs faster. Uh, this was very selective for a group of, you know, high achievers. And now it's just part of who we are as a society and the way that we are educating our kids. And, and this is creating so much pressure in them and in all of us that it's really not needed and it's absolutely unhealthy. And uh, going back to the term of, of setting expectations that are realistic is not realistic. We cannot be perfect. We were not designed to be perfect. Um, for good or for bad, uh, and and we need to set realistic expectations, uh, and we need to stop trying to fit and start embracing belonging. Uh, because the big difference is if we need to cut our wings or not. And I don't think that we need to cut our wings to be able to be part of something or some you know, 
group uh, or we don't need to cut our wings to feel accepted or or be loved. Uh, we need to be ourselves and we need to start accepting ourselves. Mm -hmm. and, and when we look at the difference between personal definitions of success and societal definitions of success, <laughs> how do you feel about the way in which our culture has developed and how success is measured? And, you know, I don't want to be Pollyannish and be like, oh, you know, it's all because of social media or it's all because no. of the internet. We can't say that. No. But no. <laughs> 21st century life is pretty complex. So how do you how do you look at that through the lens of being a mom, a physician, teacher, mentor, and author? How do you see that, you know, the ways in which society puts these pressures on us from the outside? Yes, it's, it's, yeah, I don't blame necessarily internet or social media. We have this from before. This has been happening. We were not so aware and it was not spreading so fast. What social media and internet are doing is just making this uh, to grow faster. But beyond that, uh, this is not, uh, it's not started by, by, by that. Um, I, I feel again, uh, success is something that we start to confuse with being rich and being famous and, and having things. Uh, success was compared ho with how much money you have in the bank, what car type of car you have and how big is your, your house instead of how well do you feel, how proud of yourself uh, you are. Um, and, and has been a big confusion and, and, I believe that in some cases we are trying to go back and, and I see this happening right now uh, after COVID, people going back to their own values and, and, and trying to compare themselves against what they wanted to do and, and, and they, they dream about when they were kids, right? What, what was important to you? And, and I feel like uh, that may save us uh, to go back to and to use our kids or, or our childhood as a parameter, what, what used to make you happy? What, what did you dream about? Uh, I wanted to save the world. That was my, <laughs> so that was my dream as a kid. And, and in some way, I am going back to that um, and forgetting a little about the super achiever that I became. I, I started to go one diploma after the other, one certificate after the other. Uh, and I didn't know exactly why I was doing it. Uh, <laughs> nobody was really forcing me. It's, it, what is very interesting is in some way, we started to force ourselves to do things that nobody else was asking us for. Hmm. Um, when I decided to quit my job, um, um, important academic job uh, almost will be a year ago after all this situation with COVID, uh, my husband asked me, what else do you need on your CV? What else do you need? You have master, you have three specialties, you have been in very high academic positions, your publication, what do you need more there? What about you do exactly the same effort 
right? But you do it for your kids and you do it for your husband and you do it for your parents and your friends. You will not get a certificate, but you will get love instead, right? Mm -hmm. And and, uh, it was kind of a slap in my face Mm. because these certificates are in my drawer right now. They mean absolutely zero. Uh, They will not hug me. They will not take care of me when I will be elderly. Uh, They mean zero. They are paper. What, what, What means is the knowledge that I acquire, right? How much I enjoy it, how I can use that experience but the titles but the hack of my kids mm-hmm. a few minutes more with my parents uh that's different yeah and some people are probably wondering where did you find this amazing husband <laughs> <laughs> my husband here in miami actually i i traveled from the from peru i moved to to the u.s uh, and i left all my life in peru just for him so (laughs) it sounds like he's he was well worth the move all the things that i am achieving in my life uh even the most crazy ones uh, are because he's supporting me. And when I was doing 30-hour calls, he was helping me to change diapers. And when I forget about the dentist or the shots that my kid need, mm-hmm. he will remind me. So, yeah, you don't, you don't grow in life by yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. So we do have to wind down in a few minutes. But I want to ask about the notion of personal transformation. So we can become transformed by many things. And there are catalysts that come from the inside, right? Intrinsic Mm -hmm. catalysts. There are extrinsic catalysts, which might be something your husband said. It might be the desire for a particular, like you said, certificate or degree, or which is fine. It's fine to have goals like that. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) So what is it that brings us and delivers us to the point of transformation, which happens throughout life. It's not like you have one transformational moment and everything's over and, and <laughs> you know, you sit on your throne and everything's great forever. But what are some of the things you have seen that get us to that place of personal transformation? Sadly, I will say that in majority of the cases, Transformation comes after trauma. Hmm. Okay. And um, you will see it uh, even in medicine. It's, it's very typical to see a patient that used to smoke or will be very sedentary or will have a very, you know, uh, um, non-typical life, right? And they will come one day and say, okay, I'm ready to change. I just had a diagnosis of lung cancer or I had a bypass or my best friend died from, you know, something. And I sadly, and I say, say, and I repeat the word sadly, because we should not wait until something so traumatic and painful happened to us or to someone that is close to us for us to take the right decision in our life. But it's very common. Uh, in my case, for example, being very close to burnout or around it uh, was a reason. COVID was a reason for many of us also. Uh, so these moments that really um, punch us in our faces 
uh, are probably the most common reason for us to change. And again, I encourage people to avoid that. It's not necessarily, I, I will love all of us to learn from others' experience or for a book, right? That will be healthier, <laughs> uh, easier also. Uh, other experiences like very positive experiences, right? Having uh, someone that is a great mentor, a great inspiration for us could be a, a reason for us to transform. Opportunities, uh, knowing that if we do certain changes or we get that extra certificate, for example, uh, we may achieve our dream. So we transform based on the goal that we have. That's another reason or, or opportunity for us to transform. Um, and what you were saying is very important is it happens many times in our life, it happens continuously, but if we connect that to a purpose, that will mean that our purpose also change continuously. And that's a good reason for transforming, right? What is your purpose now? What do you want to achieve? Why do you want to achieve it? And you will adapt to that need. I feel like humans, we are chameleons in many ways, right? We change our colors depending on the circumstances. We adapt. We, we have this ability, this flexibility, and we have it not only in our behaviors, but we have it even in our brains. Right now, we know that we are able to change connections in our brain, uh, plasticity, right? Neuronal plasticity. So embracing it, I believe that the, 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 the number one step for transformation is embrace change. You will never transform if you like the status quo or if you are afraid of change. So step one, embrace it. So if we embrace change, and you were saying that, unfortunately, a lot of people experience growth out of trauma, but you're saying that it doesn't have to be trauma. No. <laughs> it could be finding an awesome mentor or whatever, like you said, or maybe having a child, anything like that. So transformation comes in many guises and we have to be open to the possibility and going back to your, your book's thesis about goals and grit and growth, that having goals is pretty intrinsic to this process. Yes. And then grit, which I see as courage, I guess, right? And kind yeah. of the ability to stick to it and and kind of dig deep right and persistence right also <laughs> yeah persistence right and it sounds like resilience is really important in there too right because it is our resilience very closely tied to our transformation i i feel like resilience is part of it it's just one step before growth you, mm -hmm. you probably will not get to growth if you don't build resilient. You you need to to kind of a step in resilient so so you can keep going uh and and can you can get this knowledge and, and these experiences and these new skills, you can develop them so you can go to the next level that is grow. If you don't 
go to the level of resilience, it's very hard to go from trauma directly to grow. There, there has to be a medium level where you are safe, right? When you are not in distress anymore and that you have the capacity to use what happened around you to build something extra. Uh, and that's how I see resilience is, yeah, it's, it's not that you change growth for resilience or vice versa. It's, it's just, it's part of the process. Mm. Yeah. And I could talk about this stuff with you for <laughs> for hours. And unfortunately, we have to think about saying Arrivederci in a moment. <laughs> but I have four quick questions I ask all my guests. Are you game for a little lightning round of four quick questions? Of course. Okay. Now the first question's interesting. We've all we've actually already covered it because of the nature of your work, but maybe there's something you can add. Mm -hmm. So the first question is normally how do you define success personally or professionally and you've already said it pretty much but what would you like to add to that notion of of defining or measuring or or you know kind of looking at success in life i changed my mind from before like years ago and today i will i will make it very simple if i can go to bed today and feel like i am proud of myself and that i can sleep tight I'm successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think for you, I would imagine as a mom, because I'm, I'm a father myself. Yes. <laughs> um, having your kids safe and happy and healthy tucked into their beds is a uh, big yes. help, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Which really? doesn't happen very often, but yes. Yeah, and I being know. proud, being proud of myself means that not only that professionally I achieved something, but means that today I, I did something with my kids. I, I took care of them. I gave them a hug. I, I, I called my parents. Uh, I helped someone. So, so that's how, that's what means for me to be proud of who I am is, is I am really having a, an important role in the life of those that I, I love. Mm, I like that so much. Okay. So next question is, could you name or just describe a person who's inspired you in the course of your life? They can be living or dead. They could be famous or <laughs> someone none of us would ever have had the opportunity to know. My kids. Mm -hmm. My boys. Tell me more. Well, Ellie, who is the nine-year-old boy, uh, he actually, he has a... a, a Apart in, in, in the book, uh, one of the first pages of the book actually has one of the messages that he shared with me, and, and it's kind of the description of, of what the book is about. He told me once, this is your life, this is your choice, this is your journey. And he said that when he was seven. <laughs> wow. Okay. <As> I know. <laughs> and um, this is really a, a very inspiring comment, right? No matter if it comes from a seven-year-old or from a 100-year-old, uh, I believe that we need to embrace our life and embrace the fact that we have control of what we do or we don't do and how we feel and, and how we live our lives. And, and I believe that that's number one. And with Ari, who is actually the one that decorated the book. So we, we have a lot of draws from Ari in the book. Mm -hmm. um, 
Ari actually is the one that taught me about being present. And in the book, you will hear, you will be able to read the story about him uh, asking me, first of all, throwing my phone on the garbage and then asking me <laughs> why I brought him to life, why I had a, a kid if I have a phone. Wow. Uh, because oh it looks gosh. like I don't need him. Uh, and I didn't realize that he was aware <laughs> that I was not paying attention because just being sitting next to him and faking that I am playing with Legos or Play-Doh uh, when I have my phone in the other hand, uh, yeah, that it was not enough. And I am not allowed to go to his room anymore with my cell phone. When I am with him, I have to be with him. And, and that's the secret of being present, right? So I learned from one of my boys, the power of presence, and from the other one, the power of being in control of my life and being also responsible of my own life and my own decisions. Wow, amazing. I wonder how he'll feel about phones when he's a teenager. So we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> well, he cannot separate himself from his tablet. So yeah, yeah that's, that's a fair question. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. And you told me um, earlier before we were recording that that you said something to, I think it was Ari about being ready. And he said, I was born ready. Yes, he is. <laughs> that's, that's wow. You're lucky to have them and them you. That's beautiful. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, third question, penultimate mm -hmm. question. Is there a book or a movie? It doesn't have to be an absolute favorite because that's hard for many of us to, to name that's had an impact on either the way you think, the way you live your life, or the way you approach your work? You are right. It's kind of hard. Uh, there are many. Uh, but I, 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 I was going through a moment, a personal family moment, very difficult in my life uh, when I was writing the chapter of happiness. Uh, and it was very difficult to write about happiness when you don't feel happy, but I had a deadline. <laughs> and at that moment, I received in my phone these, you know, uh, reminders that Netflix has a new movie or a new documentary. And I don't know why I pay attention and the name is From Stress to Happiness. And I was like, this is too much to a coincidence. So I open it and I start actually watching the movie. And it's a documentary uh, done in Argentina, which is very funny because uh, that's where my husband is from. So mm. connection number two. And uh, it's the discovery of happiness um, uh, done by someone that is going through a lot of stress that's actually the director of the same documentary. Uh, and uh, I completely rec recommend it. It's, it's something to watch a couple of times at least, uh, very deep. Uh, and for me, it was mm. very meaningful because actually I wrote about happiness naming this documentary and, and the documentary helped me to write that chapter in the book. So, <laughs> And what's the name of the documentary? From Stress to Happiness. From Stress to Happiness. Okay, I'll look that one up. That's great. <laughs> yeah, sometimes those, those Netflix uh, reminders, sometimes they have a message for us, you know? Oh, yeah. It was perfect. <laughs> yeah, you yes. never know. Okay, last question. If you were named Queen of the World tomorrow, Ooh. 
<laughs> What's one of the first things you would want to do to improve the lives of your subjects? Bearing in mind that you're queen of the world, so you'll be able to do everything you possibly want. But what would be the one of the first things you would do as queen, Miriam? Oh, I know what I will do. Mm -hmm. I will do something that my kids recommended early when we had COVID. So he told me, why instead of killing COVID that is affecting everyone, we don't modify it and we make it uh, to be a positive virus, which is like a, a virus that will make everybody kind. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, something like that, probably. <laughs> I will modify COVID or the flu. <laughs> All right. So, so that's, we can uh, get a, a kindness, uh, kindness virus. <laughs> wow. Well, you're raising some pretty amazing children, I've got to say. <laughs> they sound pretty, pretty enlightened. They so, are. Yeah. They are giving me a hard time, by the way, but they are. Good. Well, they should. It's their job. <laughs> okay. Well, the book is the 3G cycle of life, and it can be found at the number three, then the letter G cycle, 3G cycle dot live. And they can, people can find everything they need to know about it. It's also on Amazon. So please pick up a copy, either a hard copy or Kindle version. Um, I highly recommend it. And Dr. Z, you're also on LinkedIn as DRZMD, Dr. ZMD. Thank you so much for being here with us. And thanks for being such a wonderful force of goodness and positivity in the world. Thank you. And I, I want to say, if you allow me one extra minute, I want to say something that I believe is very important. Please. What we are doing today, you and I, that is creating a connection between a physician and a nurse is something that needs to happen all over. Mm. We are family. We are in the middle of the night, far away from our families for hours of hours, sometimes, you know, in good days and bad days, in, in New Year and, and holidays. We are sharing and we are helping others and we have the same goals and the same motivations and we are going through the same stress and same pain. And it's time for this connection to be, you know, spread all over because we are better together and, and we need to support each other. We are going through a lot and we will be able to win this if we help and support each other. Thank you so much. That's beautiful. I love that so much. So thanks again. And um, you're an amazing, wonderful, inspiring person. And it's such an honor. Same here. Thank you so much for having me. And um, nothing, if you guys want to connect with me, please do it. Uh, I will be, you know, very happy to, to meet new people and to support others. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to this wonderful episode of the Nurse Keith Show with Dr. Z. And please make sure you check out 3gcycle.live and purchase a copy of her book if you would like to. I highly, highly recommend it. If you need personalized holistic career coaching to elevate your nursing or healthcare professional career, 
hang out with me at nursekeith.com. Get 10% off your first coaching package if you mention the show. Become a patron over at Patreon if you'd like, or just leave a rating and review. Do me that solid. I would really appreciate it so much. We're proud members of the Health Podcast Network at healthpodcastnetwork.com. We're produced by the amazing Rob Johnston of 520R Podcasting, and Mark Cappiespeason is our social media ringmaster. Before we say goodbye, I'll leave you with this quote, one of my very favorites, and you've heard it before by the musician Robert Fripp, May my living honor my parents. May my living repay the debt of my existence. Be well, dig deep, seek joy. Keep in touch. This is Nurse Keith Singh. Adios till next time from beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico, and the inimitable and incredible Dr. Z saying Arrivederci from Miami, Florida. Beautiful Miami, Florida. Thank you, Dr. Z. Thanks to everyone for listening, and we'll catch you on the proverbial flip side.